Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Now, I did something leading up to this meeting that I do when I preach out quite often, and that is this. I, this, I first asked the Lord, can I teach something that I've already taught? And he said no. <laughs> Which just meant that I really needed to like get something special. So what I have for you, I believe God downloaded specifically for you. And listen, I don't always do this when I, when I study, but I was in Colorado and one afternoon we were at a prayer summit and I told my husband, I just need to go to the room because I believe God's going to give this to me, what I need. And, um, and so I got up in my room and I started praying and the Lord just gave me one scripture. And from there, it's like the quickest sermon I've ever written, but I was crying at it myself and I got help myself so much help. I had to like get out of the hotel bed and like do a little lap around the room. Like, thank you, God. So good. And so I'm very, very excited about it. Amen. Amen. Will you guys pray with me just for one minute? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. We've already been in your presence, but we know that every time we're together in your presence that you're there in our midst, and there's something so supernatural that you want to do tonight. And when you call women together, you do it for a purpose. And there is something about this night that I believe will mark each of us, Father, not just for a day or for a week or a month, but for all eternity, that will be changed tonight, that you are specifically sending the things that we need. You are going to speak through my mouth. I ask you, Father God, and give us just what we need. Nothing more, nothing less. And Father, I thank you that women in this room are going to receive answers. And I believe you that women in this room who have felt like they've been stuck or halted, there's going to be some movement tonight for them. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for it. And there's already some things that you've shown us, and, and I rejoice at that. But I believe that tonight not one woman will have to leave this room without knowing something she didn't know before, experiencing something she's not experienced before. Father, I thank you that every heart will be so filled with expectation that it'll be so filled with the I can do it, I can move forward attitude that this church will be different come Sunday. This church, Father, will go up. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, if you agree, just say amen. 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 Well, glory. It's already been a fun night. Listen, I am a honorary Louisiana now in our churches we call them like holler back churches you know what I mean thank you yes and so we have people that say all kinds of crazy things at church and we like it we're not upset about it at all we have a friend who was preaching somewhere and he said a lady in the audience stood up and pointed at him and she said that's delicious it meant something to her. I mean, she, she got her word, you know. So however it hits you, just let it hit you. I'm never going to be upset if you talk back to me, and I know I'm in one of those kind of churches, right? We're just going to be free tonight. Holy Ghost is good. God is good. Being a child of God is good. Being a daughter of God is good. We have a good life. If you don't know that, I believe you're going to know it before you leave. You got a good thing going on. Amen. And so the theme I know of your, of your meeting is strong or stronger, strong, strong. That's what I have written down. And so I kind of just thought about that and was praying about that. I already told you in Colorado and I, and I started to um, really just meditate on that and what it means. And we do know this, that the world's definition of words is sometimes vastly different than our definition. It always changes, right? So number one, you have to make sure when somebody's talking about being strong, you can't just take the world's definition and be like, I'm strong. Because how many know they got it messed up on most things, right? And so I just went ahead and look it up, looked it up. I'm a definition girl. But strong means this, having the power to move heavy weights or to perform other physically demanding tasks. It's having power to move something heavy or perform physically demanding tasks. It's widely seen as something that's just, um, just strictly physical, a lack of weakness is what you'd say. Somebody who's very strong, you would look at them and you would say, they don't, they don't have any weaknesses, they're so strong. 
and I know my husband was uh, at the gym a couple years ago, and there was a guy from his high school, they went to high school together, and they call my husband preach at the gym. So um, they were lifting weights, and one of the guys made a, a comment to my husband because he just beat him in basketball and racquetball. And um, this other guy is real big, you know, real muscular. And he said, Aaron said to him, you know, I know you think you're really big. I know you think you're really strong, but I'm a hundred times stronger on the inside than you are on the outside. And that guy, he, every time he sees Aaron, he's like, that really messed with me, preach. That really messed with me. But how I mean, you know it should really mess with you? Because our strength is not just something that is physical. Our strength goes way, way beyond that. It's an inward power. We know in Ephesians 6, Paul said that it's a power that he gives us on the inside. It's God's strength and it's God's ability. It's his might that's working through us. And then in Philippians 4.13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One translation says, through his strength. He is the strength that's in me. So my strength is not my strength alone. My strength, if I had to just depend on my strength, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. But there's another power working in us that causes us to do things that we normally would not be able to do. How many of you have ever had to do something, your moms and women, and I know this is true, sometimes the list is longer than hours in the day, but somehow you manage to get it done. Is it because you are super? No, it's because you're supernatural. It's because you have a strength that's working in you. And so although we know that there are definitions of what strength is, we can't be fooled into thinking that we're not strong because we don't compare with the world's version of strong. Right, okay. So in other words, there is not a strength um, outside of Christ that can help me through my current struggles, that can help me through my current trials, that can help me through my current situations. And so tonight, I want to be super clear right up here at the beginning, and it's this, that just because you were called to Christ, just because you received him doesn't mean you will never have a struggle or a trial or a storm. How many of you have ever had one of those? Just one, right? Uh, There's some storms that come to us. And some of you, as I was praying, I felt like have current situations that just seem like struggles. And they seem like storms. And you've had thoughts to where like, I know God said I can get through it, but I don't feel like I can get through it. Have you ever had, okay, say I I might be the only one, but you're having some sort of a, a situation, And you call one of your faith friends and you're not really looking for help. You more want like sympathy and you're like, listen, it's super hard and this and that. And they're like, yeah, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you're like, that is not what I want right now. Come and take me for ice cream or something. Like I need something else. And and so I understand that, but we got to be very, very clear tonight that the storms and trials of life come to everybody. But the way you respond in your trial or your storm or your situation carries a lot of weight in how you're going to move past it. Because I have seen a lot of people, and and the longer we pastor, the more we see it. And I believe um, that sometimes people just sit down in the middle of the storm. And they're like, I've been in a storm for 100 years. No, you've been sitting for 100 years. If you'd get up, you could probably outrun the storm. So if we want to have an outcome that looks different than where we are today, we've just got to be willing to let the Lord strengthen us. Amen. Now, I want you to look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 11, 12, and 13. And I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. I know it's a newer translation, but I really like the way it, it, it puts this. And this scripture has been helping me all week long. Hebrews 12, 11, 12, and 13. And I'll read it in the Passion. And so maybe if a part of it stands out to you, you can write it in your Bible. Are you Bible writing people? I felt like you were. It says this. Now, all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. How many have kids? Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny how we want to get onto our kids? And we're like, it's my job to correct you. This hurts you more than me. I always thought that was dumb. It is still dumb. It does not hurt me more than it hurts them when I spank them. 
I actually feel pretty good about it. I'm like, you deserve that. Uh, but sometimes when the Lord talks to us, we're like, well, I mean, I feel like I have it together. Why are you correcting me, you know? He says this, it can seem more like pain than pleasure at the time, yet it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and in worship and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Amen. What do you think about that? He said, listen, sometimes it seems like more pain than pleasure. He said, but I'll tell you this. You can be made strong and even, even in your weakness. When your hands are tired, you know what you need to do? Lift them up and praise God. He said, when your knees are hurting, what do you need to do? Stand up and praise God. And then he says this, keep walking forward on God's paths, and all of your stumbling will be divinely healed. What I'm calling this tonight is stumbling into strength. We're going to learn how to stumble our way right into strength. Because sometimes we think if we fall down, that's the end. And I'm telling you, if you fall forward, you're still closer. You're still closer. And so I know sometimes in some of our churches, we can kind of almost teach people, if you're having a struggle or a trial, then you must have missed it. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't mean you missed it. You could have missed it. But our God is so good that even when we miss it, even when we fall, he says, I'll just pick you right back up again. Let's just get up, dust, dust yourself off, and let's go. Right? So you mean to tell me, here we are in Hebrews 12. How many know what this, what this chapter is? Tell me. Holler back. The faith chapter. I mean, we got these heroes of faith, right? So you mean to tell me in the faith chapter of the Bible that he goes on and he starts talking about when we miss it, when we're weak, when we stumble. I thought this was the faith chapter. This is the faith chapter. This is the give us hope faith chapter. This that there's, there's people that gone before me and then, listen, they stumbled, but they made it. And God said he was pleased with them. And so here is this, this chapter full of people in the grandstands and they're cheering for us even tonight. And I think sometimes we forget that when we fall, there is somebody there to pick us up. There is help for us. There are people actually cheering for your spiritual strength to keep growing. And so I, I studied this out again. And he says, lift up your, your hands, your tired hands, and your weak knees. And actually, both, both of those words, if you look back at the original meaning, it means lame. Lame hands or lame knees. And that word lame means halted, limping, or injured. He said, he's not saying they're lame and will never work again. He's saying something happened that halted your progress. Something happened that injured you. That's why you're not walking as quickly and lifting the hands as quickly. That's why it seems like you're, you're running, but you're not making much. Have you ever felt like you've been working with all you got, and you look back and you're like, I've only come this far? How can it be? Because I feel like I've been working my tail off, you know? He said, listen, you need to lift up those halted, injured, limping limbs, those hands, those knees. I believe for someone, probably someone's in here tonight, you felt that. Like you know there's a plan of God, you know there's a call of God, and I know, I haven't been to this church before, but you can sense it when you're in a church that's kind of like home. I know you guys believe God. I know you are faith people. I was so glad to hear, hear you get up, your pastor get up and pray for this little boy because my God, we know that our God's a healer. We're in this kind of a church. And sometimes when you're in this kind of church, you get a little embarrassed to just tell the truth. Like I'm struggling as some sort of a curse word. Not the case. Jesus cried to his father. Jesus. He said, God, why? Please take this from me. Help me. God didn't rebuke him. He helped him. He strengthened him. 
So you might feel that things have been halted. But I'm telling you, if you'll keep walking forward on God's path, even in the struggle, don't stop. Just don't stop. There's always trouble when you stop. But if you keep going, you can make progress even in the storm. You can make progress even in your current situation. You can make progress even though it seems that all of hell has come against you to kind of like halt your progress. I believe there's even some in here that you felt kind of a strong call toward ministry types of things. And you've kind of taken yourself out because you're like, I'm, my life just doesn't, it doesn't seem, I just, I don't, I don't fit. No, you do. Don't let the enemy halt your progress. The truth is, you're probably exactly what, it, what needs to happen. So the enemy has a way of trying to take our focus off of the progress, the path that God has for us, and just put it over here and remind you of when you've been injured in the past or you've been hurt. or Maybe, maybe you shouldn't try to get more involved at the church because so-and-so hurt you that one time. Okay, devil, I see you. Because God doesn't ever do that to me. He doesn't shine a light on other people's imperfections when he talks to me. He shines a light on all the things that are good in me. I see you. I got your number. You know what I'm going to do? Strengthen this hand that seemed halted. You're not going to halt it anymore. Halted hands aren't working. Working hands are never halted. Sometimes you just got to get, get on with it. Everybody say, get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah, but you don't know my situation. Listen, we're not ever going to go comparing stories either. That's one thing we don't do. Who's got it worse? Well, does it matter? I think my pain's worse than yours. Well, I'm not sure there's like a, a barometer to check that, you know, like... I think we all just got to be there for each other and then run together. Amen? And so he said that he will strengthen halted hands, weakened knees that have been injured or pulled back or stopped. Your progress for some reason or another, and I'm just, I'm happy to tell you it doesn't matter how. He said, whatever the situation, if you'll keep making forward progress, keep moving, keep walking. He said, I will strengthen you and your ways, your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Here's what, here's what that means. Your stumbling ways will be made strong. You'll be made whole, physical and spiritual healing. Do you know that if you keep walking forward, even in pain, there'll be spiritual healing, physical healing. If you just keep walking forward. It's amazing how that happens. Now, again, I'm not big in the gym or anything, but I do know this. The more you work out muscles, the more fatigued they get, but the stronger they get on the other side. It's weird how even the natural body mimics what the Lord is teaching us here. He says, listen, if you want it to grow, you got to use it. If you want it to grow, you got to exercise it. And you got to wait because, you know, studies have shown that men and women who like run marathons and are in maybe the, the Marines, when they've been working out and they are at the point of exhaustion and they feel like they're going to quit, studies prove you have only used 40% of your body's energy. You are stronger than you think you are. You've got more in you than you think you do. And even when you feel weak, you are still more than a conqueror. You are still an overcomer. You still beat the devil every day of the week. At your weakest point. And so he says you'll be healed spiritually. You'll be healed physically. He will treat what ails you and cure you. Then it says he will free you from error and sin. I love it. Because sometimes when I find myself in a storm, it is 100% my fault. Isn't it great when you have to finally look in the mirror and be like, you're your problem, Aaron Cody. Have you all ever had those, moment, those moments? Like I have them more than I would like to admit, but I'll tell you. Like, there are some mornings I look in the mirror, and the thoughts that are running through my brain, it's like, who are you? And I will point at my own face. Say, Aaron Cody, 
get it together. It is not that bad. You have a good life. You better praise God. He is the lifter of my countenance. Let's go. Lift it up. Do it on these wrinkles too, Jesus. Fix them. You just got to start talking. You got to remind yourself. I know that maybe I don't feel the same waking up at 42 as I did waking up at 18, but it's all good. Amen. So he never promised us we wouldn't stumble, but he did tell us if we keep moving forward, listen to this, on God's path. Uh, Okay, that's important, because sometimes we take scripture and then we make it say something crazy and wonder why it doesn't work. Okay, if you keep moving forward on God's path, meaning if you're hurt and wounded and halted and you're like, well, I'm making progress, I went and got a job where he didn't tell me to, Not, not God's plan. So you're going to keep stumbling and probably not be strengthened. But if you're on God's path, okay, Jesus, you told me to do it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a good thing if it doesn't make sense to you. Now you don't get to be in charge. And you all have too much on your plate to want to take something else to be in charge of. Amen. said, if you'll move forward, even your stumbling will be turned in to strength and you know sometimes I think stumbling is there to teach us a lesson I've got three kids and how many of you remember watching your kids learn to walk it's the most impressive yet almost disappointing thing ever because you're like I know my kids are above average smart right okay I have smart little kids and and they're learning to walk and they kind of like do it real weird you know their head's big and it's heavy so it's always like out in front a little bit and, and so they get that wide stance, and they hold their arms, and they, and they run. And, and what happens? Like, it's like they see the carpet right here, and you know it drops down, and they just fall. Now, they're your kids, right? They stumbled, right? Are you like, oh, you stupid little thing. Get up off the floor. <laughs> Mommy is so disappointed. Now get your little behind up. <laughs> You're better than this. I made you to be better than this. But sometimes when we fall, I think we feel like God's up there like, you stupid little kid. And we're just like, oh, you just tripped. You're going to scold your kid because they tripped? No. You set that little joker back up and you're like, come to mama. We get so dumb with our kids. Oh, come on, baby. You can do it. You can do it. And if you know they're going to fall, you cheat for them. You're like, let me get closer. Come on. You know, because why? They're your kids and you want to see them succeed. And God's like, at least if you stumble, stumble forward. At least if you're making movement, at least if you're coming toward me, I'm coming toward you. And I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to help you. I'm not going to let you get beyond help. He's a better dad than I am a mom. And I have never let my kids fall and be like, you dumb kid. They get older. (laughs) There's definitely some dumb stuff happening now. But even in that, I still love them. I'm still going to teach him a better way, a little more forcefully, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) Now I want to look at 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12, also in the Passion Translation. We're going to look at verse 9 and verse 10. And we know this scripture, but again, You know, you can read the same scripture a hundred times, but on a hundred and one, it just hits you in a way that you need it. And I believe for some of you, it's just going to hit you how you need it tonight. Second Corinthians 12, nine and 10. And it says this. Well, okay. Let's just give a little background. Okay. Paul, we know him, right? The apostle Paul, he's just a real man of God, wrote two thirds of the new Testament, just full of revelation, had such revelation of Jesus and He said that he had a thorn in his flesh. We're not getting into that. You can think what you think it is. I'll think what I think it is. I think it was pain in the butt people. But, you know, who knows? Um, And so it says he was talking to to God, and he was like, I need you to, you know, I need you to take this from me. Take this pain away. 
And knowing he's a loving father, this is what he said to Paul. He says, he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. My power finds its full expression through your weakness. Then Paul says this, so I celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and I face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Listen. I know you guys have great teaching here, so I know you know what, I'm, what I mean when I say this. We don't, we don't, he says, I celebrate my, my weakness. He doesn't mean I sit at home and think about all the ways I miss it. He says, when I am doing all I can do for God, when I'm moving forward on this path that God's called me to, that even when I find that I'm struggling or I'm weak, when I'm doing the will of God, he said, now I can celebrate because I know when I run out and I'm at the end of me, I am just at the very beginning of God. When I run out of all I am, I have walked straight into the one who is now in charge of filling me with enough strength to make it and enough strength to carry through. He says, so. When the devil thinks he's got me and he's like, oh, look, there you are, Paul, and there's that weakness bobbing its head up at you again. You thought you were free, but look what you just did. Listen what you just said. You thought you were so much better than this. And the devil comes talking to you. You know what he does? Paul says, I think I'm going to have a party right now. Woo, glory to God, hallelujah, I'm at the end. He thinks I'm weak, but now I know I've walked smack into the power of God. So I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to talk bad about myself. I'm not going to talk down about myself. I might be down, but I ain't staying this way. You know what you need to be like? You know those little boxing things? They're filled with air and they got a weight at the bottom. I love those things. You punch them and they go down and they pop right back up. Paul's like, listen, you think you knocked me down, but every time, Joker, I got something for you. You think you knocked me down, I'm popping back up. And when I pop back up, it's not in my own power. It's not in my own strength anymore. I might have reached the end of mine, but I just got to the beginning of God. So guess who's about to win this fight? It's a fixed fight and I'm not going down. But my progress seems halted. No, no, God didn't halt it. I have found in my life, maybe your experience is different. God has never, ever tried to pull me back out of his plan. Now, he has put red flags up in things that I maybe thought were right because I was so emotional. I'm a little passionate about things. I don't know if you can tell. And so when I get like the green light on something, I'm like, let's do it tomorrow. We will do it tomorrow. Start a second campus. Tomorrow's the day. Aaron's like, babe. I mean, I was seriously ready to buy a building tomorrow. And, and so he's never pulled me back. He's always, I don't want to say he pushes, but how many of the Lord's ever pushed you? He's pushed me, I feel like. I guess he knows my personality. He just, one of those shoves, you know. But I find he's always pulling. He's always pulling me into his presence. He's always reaching where I am and pulling me. And so anytime you feel like backing out, that's not him. The Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit who pulls you out of. He's the Holy Spirit who leads you to. He leads us. So if you're being pulled, no matter by what or who, a lot of times it's just a who. A lot of times it's just a mouth just like a person who's probably in the pit themselves and they just they like to talk about it just watch that but God will pull you he'll lead you and so Paul says even when I am weak I find it's the the power of God its full expression is found in my weakness that power means power, ability, physical, and moral power. But the biggest word that you find 
means as in the performance of miracles. He said, when I'm at my weakest, God's power to produce miracles is having its full expression in my life. Why would we ever need a miracle if we never had a setback? What would be the good of a miracle? We're believing God for a miracle for this baby. I believe you've got it. But if baby was perfect, why would we need a miracle? Without your weakness, you'd never know what God's strength really was. So don't look at the thing that is kind of holding you as necessarily something that I did wrong. It could just be that there's an adversary, there's an enemy of your soul, and he wants to, he wants to keep you out of the plan and the purpose of God. But God is, he's not about that kind of life. He's helping us and he's leading us. And so he says, when I feel at my weakest, his power finds its full expression in me. The ability to work miracles. It also means a power force, a capability and ability to perform anything. And an errant ability such as would not be produced by natural agents or means. He says, when you've run out of all the ways you know how to do it, and you're giving it your best, and you're giving it your all, and you say, God, I don't even know what to do in this situation anymore. It doesn't seem naturally possible. He says this. He said, it can't be produced by a natural agent or means, but it can be translated because I will do a miracle. Even if you think it looks impossible, good. Great. Now I need a miracle. Well, good news. Our God is a miracle-working God. Good news. For instance, when we went looking for our building for the next campus, I feel like the Lord told me where the street it was to be on. Main Street, Pineville. It's the older part of town. Um, We looked at every building. I promise you, I know who owns every building, what they do in the building. I've tried to explain them how they don't need the building. (laughs) Nobody listened. And then one night, Aaron and I, we go on a date night on Thursday night. We try to every week. You should do that too. And so we're driving, and at the end of our Thursday nights, we'd say, well, let's drive over the bridge. The Red River separates our two towns. Let's drive over the bridge and head over to Pineville. Let's just see. And we're on Main Street, and we kind of laugh about it because I'm like, they do this, and they own this, and they do that. And then I said, stop. There's this building, like, tucked back. And I never really noticed it before because um, there was an old home right next to it. Like, I mean, maybe this much distance between the two. An over 100-year-old home on... Uh, brick pillars, real Louisiana style. And I said, look at that building. And so we drove up in the parking lot and shined the lights. It was probably 1130 at night. And um, we like to party on our date nights. And so um, we shine the lights in the window and we're looking in and it's, a, it's, it's very junky. And the Lord said this to me. He said, this can be the gem of the city. And I was like, it will be. <laughs> I said, do you know what God just said? This is our building. And Aaron goes, I really like this one. And it's so junky. And I was like, yeah, man, we can get in here. And man, but there's no parking on old Main Street. Yours probably are the same. And, and to have a church, a lot of business, you have to have X amount of parking spots for however many people in the sanctuary, right? So I'm like, but there's no parking. And I don't think we can park that many on the street and whatever. So I turn and look, and here's this old house. And I thought, we just buy that house. And Aaron was like, babe. That house is, it's the oldest house. It's on the registry because we knew about the buildings, right? It's the oldest house on the street. They're not going to want to sell it. I was like, they are going to sell it. And it looked impossible. It took us three days to find the owners of the building. We found him. And then it took about a week to find the owner of the home. We found him South Louisiana in the swamp, not on Google Maps. We found him. (laughs) 
went back there with our rain boots on. Hey, sir. Seriously, he lives about two and a half hours, three and a half hours away from, from Pineville. Long story short, neither of them were for sale. Both of them had been approached numerous times about buying it. And the man who owned the building, he said, I remember you. I said, me? He said, yeah, our kids went to pre-K together at the First United Methodist Preschool. And you guys opened your church to have an Easter party because the kids' Easter party got rained out. I said, yeah. He said, and I always told myself, if I can ever do anything for those people, I'll do it. Jesus. <laughs> it's not natural. Long story short, the building down the street we were looking at, which was even worse shape, the people ended up to be horrible to work with, and I thought I can never be neighbors with them, so we're out. They were asking this astronomical amount of money. This guy comes back. First, still not a great building, but a much better um, space for less than a third of the price. And then we found the old man, old Cajun man. So you can't really understand him, you know? Um, and we found him, and he said, well, the house has been in my family like 103 years, and it's very sentimental to me, but I sure like you guys. I said, we sure like you too. <laughs> what do you need us to do with the house? Because we'll save it. I'm not about knocking the house down. I like the house. I said, we'll pick it up, and we'll move it to the fishing camp. Our contractor has a fishing camp, and you can use it. He said, sure. How about you have it for $40,000? I said, well, how about it? <laughs> and in one week, what was impossible? The city told us there's nothing for sale. You're not getting anything on this street. It's not going to happen. Look somewhere else. But God said it was going to happen. He leads you on a path. If you stay on it, even though it looks like dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end, all it takes is God to say one word and everything changes in one day. Little did we know, three weeks after we bought both of the properties, they launched the largest campaign in Pineville, Louisiana that they've ever launched. Guess what it is? They're going to throw more money at this than anything. The revitalization of Main Street, Louisiana. All the property value has gone up like a trillion times overnight. And I was like, okay, Pineville. So now they're all like loving us because they're like, how did you guys know? We didn't know, but God knew. Listen, when God's pulling you in a direction, he's got something good for you. It's not like the devil's just going to sit by and be like, oh, go take it. But it's worth it. I mean, okay, what's your name? Kelsey, so cute, okay? I never look like this pregnant. <laughs> Do you have other kids or this is number one? I can tell it, you're so cute, look it. <laughs> She's still got makeup on and playing her keyboard. You're like, first baby in there, isn't it? <laughs> this is adorable. You're one of those from the back, you can't tell and then you turn, you're like, oh, there's a baby in there. Okay, so what if mamas, you go into the room, the room, they're like, okay, push. And you're like, okay. And you push once and you're like, I'm out. Too hard. <laughs> Done. I mean, that's trouble. But how many of you just push anyway? Why? Because I really believe a baby's coming out. Sometime. But sometimes with the things of God, it's like, we're, well, we believe God. But how much do we believe God? How much are you willing to keep pushing? How much are you willing to be like, if he said it, he'll do it. He won't alter the thing that came out of his mouth. Everything he's appointed for me, he will perform. So it's my job to get to it. So you just got to keep pushing. Amen. So when we've given everything that we can give, when we've done everything we've known to do, we know that God can step in with his strength and power and fill us with ability that's not natural. Strengthen us at times when it doesn't seem we should be strong. And he said, in those moments, it's time for you to celebrate. It's good for you. It's good to notify the devil. It's good for people around you to see that even when it looks bad, you remember that old song, I still got joy? I still got joy after all I've been through. I still got joy. I mean, it just notifies people around you. And when I was praying, this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. He said, tell them, I am about to stand you up on your feet again. And you will feel the strength that comes from me. It will start in your spirit, but it will come out through your flesh. So I don't know who you are, but Jesus is about to stand you back up on your feet again. 
You feel like you've been weakened for a, a little while. You feel like you've been halted. You feel like you've been held back. Some of you, I believe, that you, you have a, a place that you're supposed to fill, but you're like, oh, it just hasn't seemed available. Just remember our buildings. Just because it doesn't look available doesn't mean it's not available. So what has happened in your life may have felt like a halt in your progress, but it's about to become a miracle, something you cannot produce. Your weakness has become a portal to God's power. And that word portal, it's a door or a gate or an entrance, but this is what it says, especially one of imposing appearance as to a palace. He's not going to do some little miracle. I mean, I know people don't like to talk this way, and I get it, but God, I mean, he's a little bit of a show-off. I mean, he is. He saves us from hell. He delivers us. He translates us from one kingdom into another like this quick. He does miracles all the time. The sun stood still. The sea parted. The dead are raised. I mean, he's pretty good. And I know we don't like to talk about it, but what, what's going to be your reaction when God says, not only am I going to do a miracle, but it's going to be like a portal kind of miracle. It's going to be like a big old door, like a little fancy, like a palace kind of miracle. Not like a one-bedroom apartment miracle, like a palace miracle. I believe Bible language is like that for people like me. That really helps me. So now I'm about to do something so big. It's an imposing kind of miracle. It's an obvious miracle. So that people will have to say God's in it. Amen? Stop seeing your setbacks as a stumble, as an end. It's not over. It's just a setup for a miracle. Amen? How many know Hebrews 12, 2, it talks about for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It's one of my favorite scriptures because it's such a good picture of how we can fight through anything because we know what's on the other side. And for some of you, you just got to get a bigger picture of what God's actually promised you, what he's actually got for your future. Because some people think it's not worth fighting for because they just don't understand how great it is. But... There were some hard times for Jesus before this scripture. I remember Jesus in the garden when he was praying. I mean, praying, God, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Three times, God. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. Just consecrating himself and in so much anguish and and so much pain that he's bleeding, you know, drops of blood. How about the time he was betrayed? You know, a guy who said he loves him, kisses him on the cheek, and Jesus knows all the while. He's, he's, he's selling me. Of all the people, I didn't think he'd be the one that would send me to be crucified. And that's a hard thing to deal with. How about on the cross? Carrying his cross, how about that? Carrying, publicly, shamed, spit on, ridiculed, mocked. And, and, and we read, it's interesting language, how Jesus stumbled to carry his cross. But he never quit going toward it. He never quit walking. Jesus knows where you are. He knows how it feels. He understands the place you're in. There is no place you've been tested that he's not already been tested and overcome. So you're not alone. You just can't stop pressing. So Hebrews 12, 1, 2, and 3 in the message, what we just talked about, I'm going to read this to you in the message. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 in the message. It says, don't you see what all this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans, they're cheering us on. It means we'd better get up and get on with it. Strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Listen to this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish line in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in a place of honor right alongside God. 
This is my favorite part. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over this story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Again, I know this seems a little funny, but when I'm having a struggle, when I'm having a hard time, a setback, I sit back and I, and I usually say the scripture for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And what he saw on the other side was the reward of people like me. So he did it anyway. And he didn't have to. So I'm going to go over his story again, line by line. I'm going to study the way Jesus did it. And one thing you will find about Jesus is he never quit. He never drew back. He never quit and he never drew back. He always would say, this is my one purpose to do the will of my father. I will do the will of the one who sent me. That sets us apart from everybody else in this world because we're not doing it so we look good. We're not doing it so that we can make a certain amount of money. We're not doing it so we can prove somebody wrong or somebody right. We're doing it because we are empowered by the one who called us to something and no one else can fill the place he's called for you because he made it for you. He wants you. Just like you want your baby to walk. You don't care if they stumble. He just wants you to walk. Just come on. Come on. Don't give up. Let's do it. You stumble into strength when you keep your eyes fixed on where you are headed. The struggle should cause exhilaration. Amen. Now, I sent a video clip here because when I watched it, it was just so... Uh, it's just so good when, when we talk about what we're talking about here. And I especially liked that it was, it was a, a couple women. So if you have that, it's just about a minute long. We could, we could watch that clip. marathon any marathon runners in the house didn't think there'd be many never usually are there's maybe one god bless you i watched this and i just cried again in my hotel room because i thought listen sometimes you see the finish line and it's close you're like i can feel it i can feel it and then your legs are like not today and what happens when, when your body gives out, then sometimes your emotions, they start. Those emotions, they'll really give it to you, right? And, and, then, and then your mind starts saying, it's right there, but I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But in, in everything, like, like this, this running at a football game, I know some of you are football fans. I mean, what happens when you get down to like the 10-yard line? When you're at the 10-yard line. I know I'm a girl that really loves sports, so bear with me. But the defense gets stronger and stronger. You don't have as many places to go. It looks like you're all boxed in, but I just got to get right there. And you don't have to get all 10 yards at one time. You get four shots, man. Just get two. And when it comes down to it, the more pressure you feel, the more cause it is for celebration because, oh, man. I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. You know what I'm so tired of in the body of Christ? Seeing like 5,000 people passed out at the two-yard line. Pastors quitting right before breakthrough. It's pitiful. Who called you? I believed him when he called me, but I don't believe he can carry me through. That is ridiculous. We trust him with our eternity. I believe you. You said when I die, I won't see hell. I'm coming to heaven with you. But I don't know if I can trust you to get me that job. Give me a break. You trust him with forever. But now with tomorrow?
And sometimes, when it feels like the pressure's the most, when you feel like you can't go on anymore, this fantastic thing happens, and your team gets in front of you, and they set up this defense, and they're like, we're going to make a hole right here. We don't care how you get in. Jump if you have to. Dive if you have to. Just get over that line. So they take the pressure for you, and there you go. This woman grabs her by the arm and picks her up and carries her in. She's still got the prize, y'all. Still the winner. And she fell over the line. You can fall and still win. You can stumble and still be having progress. There is no lose for the Christian. There is no, there is no, I get defeated for the Christian. So if it looks like you're in defeat, it's not the end of the game. There's another quarter. There's another inning. There's another lap. There's more because you didn't win yet. And Jesus said this amazing, amazing thing. He said, I got to go away. The disciples were like, are you kidding? And then he said this, he said, but I'm going to send, I'm going to send someone and it's going to be better for you. Now, how many of you can just be honest? Jesus, I'm really trying to believe you, but I don't. There is nobody better than you. We have walked with you for these past years and there ain't nobody better than Jesus. And he said, but you just got to trust me. I'm going to go away. But what I send you is going to be better. Do you know what he said? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the helper, the strengthener, the advocate, the standby, the intercessor. I'm going to send you the one who leads you into all truth. And I might not be with you, but it's better because I'm going to be in you. So the strength that you've seen in me and you've watched me operate in, it's in you going to be in you when he comes. Well, he came and he did what he said he'd do. And so there are times when you can feel the worst. You can feel like this woman, like you're crawling and, and everything in you wants to give up, but you feel this supernatural, like pick up. You feel this supernatural, like when I didn't think I'd be able to do it anymore, it's almost like someone's holding my arm and walking me to the finish line. Have you ever had moments like that? And he's just helping you and you cross the line and you're like, who was that help? Oh, it was the helper. And he strengthened me. And there's something very interesting about a victory. It doesn't matter how tired you are. You still got enough energy to scream. Why? It's that shot of adrenaline that he was talking about. Just watch how I do it. It looks like, you know, man, we worked with everything we got to win the game. But when it's all over, somebody's dumping the Gatorade. People are going to rejoice. People are tearing their clothes. I mean, it's going to get crazy. Why? Because we won. Yeah. It's not over till you win, y'all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You have a helper. And not only do you have a helper, but we've got one another. Amen? Amen? You've got people, I can tell it in this room, who God sent to work alongside with you. You don't have to go through anything alone. You shouldn't, actually. No place in the New Testament are you going to find a believer that's all isolated on their own and they're in good shape. I know we really like glamorize this. He'll leave the 99 for the one and he will. But there's a reason because the one is the one that the wolf eats. The wolf doesn't like jump into the 99. He looks for the one. So the shepherd's like, oh my God, let me go find Susie. I mean, she walked out again. Susie wasn't at church Sunday. She wasn't here Wednesday. Where's Susie? Somebody find Susie. Why? Because, oh, because they don't, they don't, they're all over. They're in my business. No, they don't want you to get eaten by the wolf. They're actually like the Holy Spirit to you, sent to help you. Don't reject the help. It's like laying out the line and being like, you want to try to help me up? Don't help me up. Why would you lose just because you're too prideful? You ever muttered these words? If you want it done right, just do it yourself. Wrong. If you want it done right, teach a bunch of people to do it. That's like our motto at our church. Like, I surely do not want to be the only one who knows how to do it. I've told my whole staff of ladies, 
We have a lot of ladies on our staff. I've told them, I know some of you are not going to like this, and I know everybody's gifting is different, and we celebrate that. But I cannot be surrounded by a bunch of women who can't pray or teach or preach. So everybody write me a sermon, and you're going to preach it from the platform. And they are amazing. They're amazing. Is it their number one gift? Maybe not. But I sure am happy to help that gift in them. Why? Because it's a win for me. Because when so-and-so calls me for the 39th time at 3 a.m., I just forward the call. I got a girl who can really give you the word, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> it lightens the load on everybody. So we can all run together. So we are called to help one another. We're called to be strengthened. And if you've been helped, then my Lord, sweet Jesus, help somebody else. Right. Don't watch some. Don't let, don't let Susie leave for a month. Find her. Amen. James 1.12 in the Passion says this. If your faith remains strong even while you are surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. He said, listen, if you'll just remain strong, even when you're surrounded by difficulties, you'll not only get happy, but you'll receive a crown. You'll be victorious. And then in Psalm 20, verse 6 and 7. Psalm 26 and 7, I love this. It says this. My deliverance cry will be heard in his holy heaven. You know the best thing to do when you stumble and you fall? Just like your kid would do. Scream for your mom or your dad. Why? Because you, there could be a thousand kids in a room, and I know my kids cry. Like, sometimes our children's church at home is a little bananas, especially second service. I don't know why. And, and I'll go in there sometimes at the end to see how it's rolling, and if my kid's the voice, I know it. It's usually crazy. But I'm telling you, I'm like, I know that kid. He says, what do you do when you're, when you're in trouble? He said, you, you cry out to me. I'm going to scream a deliverance scream. Help me. Don't wait until you can't speak. As soon as you trip, just yell for help. Man down. Woman down. So he said, my deliverance cry will be heard in his holy heaven. By his mighty hand, miracles will manifest through his saving strength. Some find their strength in their weapons and in their wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord our God who makes us strong and he gives us victory. Amen. My victories aren't won because of the strength of men. I'm not trying to win to prove I'm strong. I'm winning because I can't help but win. I can't lose. God set it up that way. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't know what to say. Does that mean your life is perfect? I could tell you stories. It is not. But I will tell you this. It's a victory life. And even after setbacks, we've got victory life. God hears your shout when you call for him, and he said he'll perform miracles by his strong hand. He didn't say you had to do anything about it. He just said, you believe me. You keep stumbling toward me. Listen, ladies, if I can just get this one thing, just... If you're going to stumble, just keep moving forward. Yeah. At least you fall forward. At least you fall trying. Yeah. And when you fall, it's not the end. Just get right back up because he's going to strengthen your knees. Remember what the Lord said? Tell, tell them, I'm going to set them back up on their feet again. Amen. You can't make progress when you're laying down. Yeah, that's right. And I know it feels good to the soul and to the emotions sometimes. And I am big on taking a rest. I love Sunday afternoon, rest day. But there should be something inside you that says, I'm going to get up. And when I get up, I'm going to be strengthened. We say this, I am up for and equal to anything he's called me to. I am up for and equal to anything God's called me to. I can do it because he didn't call me to something to fail. None of his kids flunk. I mean, you know what I mean. Some do. But he will help you pass if you want to. Amen. And so what I want to do is I want, I want to pray for all of you. And then let's just pray. We'll see what the Lord says. Amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, first of all, because you're good. We thank you because you're faithful. We thank you because you always show up for us. We're thankful because you always fight for us. We're thankful because in you we never have to wonder. Father, you speak to us and you speak clearly. And you give us direction and you give us help. But tonight, Father, I ask you for every individual woman, young woman in this room, and you see our hearts and you know us, and you know the things that they're dealing with, you know even the struggles and the storms, and although we know you didn't send them, Father God, we do know that you're the way out. And because we know you're the way out, we lift up our hand and we say, help. Help. Holy Spirit, help. Father, I thank you for the, the woman in here who's felt as though she's been sitting in darkness. Even when all the lights are on, just feels like she's sitting in darkness. Father, I thank you it's like you're beginning to pull the curtains back. The light's beginning to shine. Where there's been darkness, light is breaking through. And the reason light's breaking through is so that you can see. So that you can see the thing he's called you to. And it'll bear witness with your spirit because you know I've called you to it. I've already spoken it to you, but you've forgotten You've allowed the darkness to creep in. And I, I hear the word again. You've allowed it to creep in again. But today's your day. Because when God opens the curtain, the light begins to shine so bright. If that's you and you know that it's you and you'll be brave, will you just raise a hand? Nobody else is looking at you. I just want to thank you. Great, great. Thank you, too. Thank you, thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. There's deliverance for them. There's a new day dawning for them. And they will go out like a calf, leaping from the stall. So much joy for the journey. Thank you, Father, for reminding them of the things that you've called them to. It's not the end for them. Just because they messed up doesn't mean they missed it. It just means they messed up, Father. But you are a God of forgiveness. You are a God of restoration. You are a God who makes all things new. And I thank you that it will feel like a brand new day for them. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all pray in the spirit with me for about one minute. Tio Tomas de Via Padonna Ramandia da Loma Stavaria Varavo Sorovo 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 Biaramashto Bravasa Sata Lavashto Bravasavia Yalavasto Bravasavi Via Ziava Ravoso. Yeah. Praise God. Now, for a woman or women in the room who you thought that God disqualified you, but tonight you've realized I disqualified myself, I counted myself out. I judge one place in scripture, it says, you judged yourself unworthy. Jesus didn't do that. He said, you're worthy. And guess what? Tonight, he still says you're worthy. And he still wants to use you. Because the gifts and callings of God, they're without repentance. They cannot be taken back and they won't be revoked. So if that's you and you say, I've disqualified myself, but today I'm putting myself back in the race. I'm getting back in the race. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, lots of people. That's something that women tend to do sometimes, but no more. It's a trap. And don't allow yourself to compare yourself with anyone else anymore. Comparison is not a measure of how great you are. It's a tactic of the enemy. You are qualified simply because Jesus said, I qualified you. You are worthy simply because Jesus said, I made you worthy. 
Now get up and get back in the race. Remember what we read. It's time to get up. Strip off everything that sets you back. Dust yourself off and get on with it. For those that raise their hands for this, Father, I ask you that you show them, even though it might seem silly, a picture of you cheering them on, welcoming them. Come to me like a baby walking. Come on, come on, come to me. And as they walk, Father, even if they stumble, they're being strengthened and strengthened and strengthened and strengthened. And I thank you, Father, that there is a miracle with their name on it. What looked impossible with man is possible with God. And I thank you that those things are beginning to, to spring forth, where it looked like there was no life, where it looked like there was no growth, Father. What they couldn't see is everything that was going on under the ground, because under the ground, roots were being roots were being uh, uh, expanded, and they were growing, and they were going down deeper and wider. So now, when there begins to be a sprouting, there is so much strength, and the wind might try to blow, and the storm might try to come, but you'll stand you'll stand and when you stand remember to give glory to God hallelujah we are stronger than we think we are praise God Father I thank you for our strength is not found in weapons or wisdom. Our strength is found in you. And because of you, we are up for and equal to everything you've called us to. So I thank you women in this room are, are being launched like arrows to the perfect plan and will of God. But this is a night that's going to mark them and change them and set them on the right path. And they'll run with so much freedom. It'll be different than before. It'll be better than before. And Father, I pray a blessing over this church and the pastors, the Andersons. And, and Father, I thank you. That you set this church here, right here for a reason. And that there's increase for them. There's increase for them. And for Greg and for Amy, for all the, all the pastors. Father, I thank you that when strength comes, Father, that we're able to do more than we've done before. So I thank you this church will do more than they've done before. The things that they maybe thought, oh, I just thought of that. No, that's a God dream. That's a God picture. That's the language of the Holy Spirit showing you some things. And if he said it, he'll make it good. Father, we thank you. You're good and you're faithful. And you always give us what we need. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, if you agree, say amen. Amen. God bless. Thank you all so much. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.